Okay, this is a very famous mimer. The way I understand it also, the Rebbe actually handed out one time a kuntris, or he didn't hand it out, but he asked them to publish it. Kuntris, uh, the kuntris ha-simcha. And this was the mimer that was in it. Actually, someone once gave me a copy of this uh, kuntris, but over the years uh, it somehow got misplaced. I don't know exactly where it is, unfortunately. But that's life. Anyway, um, this mimer is is really uh, quite... Uh, over the years, we've, we've learned it a number of times, and it's uh, quite life-changing, to say the least. The question is whether we can internalize the things that it says here. That's the uh, million-dollar question. But if we can, then it for sure will have a big impact on each one of our lives. So it's a mimer from the Mittler Rebbe, which is based, obviously, on the Mimer from the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe's Mimer is about seven pages long. The Mittler Rebbe's Mimer is about 40 pages long. I don't expect that we're going to be doing all 40 pages. We're going to start with the beginning of the Mimer, and we'll carry on for a little while. Um, but uh, that's what we're going to be focusing on. So, the, the, the Pasuk in Yeshaya says, V'yasu anavim b'havaya simcha, that the, so to speak, the humble ones will add in Hashem Simcha, Adam Yagilu, and the destitute, so to speak, of the people, in their holiness of Yidden, they will become, so to speak, revealed. So, uh, interesting pasuk to start with. So it says like this: Simcha. So the first question the Rebbe asks is, why does it say Behavaya Simcha? Why does it say that it's going to, so to speak, increase? the happiness in Hashem. It should say that we are going to be happy with Hashem. Right? Like it says, we say in Tehillim, right? We say the words that the tzaddikim are very happy with Hashem, in Hashem. We have to also understand what does it mean, Yosef means to add what is this addition? What is this? What are we talking about? So the first thing we have to explain, we have to expand upon, is the connection and the relationship between the idea of humility and simcha. To the point that we could say that one is, in fact, so to speak, hanging or dependent upon the other. Yeah? That specifically through increasing in the humility, that's where the simcha apparently is going to be coming from. Because it's known in the writings of the Arizal that what happened? What happened over there is Shishalu, they asked him, who asked him? His Talmidav. They asked a very interesting question. The question is like this. Look, we're doing Torah, you're doing Torah. We're davening, you're davening. We're doing mitzvahs, you're doing mitzvahs. The question is, what makes you so different from us? Right? You have Ruach HaKadosh. You have Gili Eliyahu. What's the deal? I mean, in other words, what is that? What is, what is causing this to you know to transpire? Why is it that you are on such a higher level than us? They shivam, 
And he answered them, Rak b'schus echad, only with one schus. And what is that? Al asher haya sameach b'simcha shal mitzvah, that he was so happy with the simcha of a mitzvah, b'simcha rabba v'atzuma b'yoyser, to the point that it was here. A tremendous happiness from the etzim of his being, like in, in, in a, such a such a essential manner. So understand the reasoning for this from the pasuk. And he's left out, interestingly enough, the last two words, which are the key words of this whole story. So Rashi explains on this pasuk in Parashas Kisavo that. Since you didn't serve Hashem in times of good, so then you're going to have to serve Hashem in times of bad. Things are not going to go so good for you. Right? There are a number of different translations. But Arizal's translation is, since you didn't serve Hashem with a greater happiness, when you do a mitzvah, then the happiness when you're, you know, when you're doing gosh means the good things. In other words, your flight to Tahiti was much more happy, make, you know, making you more happy than when you shook the lulav. That was the problem. So then it says you're going to serve your enemies. And this is right in the middle of the Teichacha over there, right in the middle of all the curses. And so therefore, that's the impact it's going to have. So, but the truth is, really the truth is, that the Arizal did not want to reveal to them that really he was a spark of, of Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? So he says, It says about Moshe that he was the most Anna person. And it's talking about the Arizal now that he's an Anna B'yoyser. He was very humble. And because of this humility, that's why he did not reveal to them the truth. So we see very clearly that the anava and the simcha are really one thing. And one is dependent upon the other. As we're about to explain. That's why he had the merit. Of Simcha Shal Mitzvah, Me'ain Masha Zacha Moshe Rabbeinu Alavashalam, right? Similar to what Moshe Rabbeinu was experiencing, including the Ruach HaKaidish, Ayedeha Anava, Dafka through the humility. Miyacha Shahaya Nitzis Moshe, because he was a spark of Moshe Rabbeinu, Lefisha Anava Vasimcha Kol Echa, because the Simcha and the Anava are one thing. Now, let's get into it. So to understand this, we have to explain how is it possible to say that Anava and Simcha are one thing. Hello, That it seems to be that it's really the opposite. In other words, if you want to say, okay, who is a person who's going to be really happy? Someone who's like, wow, things are all going my way. Things, I'm, I'm, I'm on the top of the world. Someone who is like, so to speak, a lowly person, someone who's like, so to speak, low in the dust, he's usually very depressed. Right? In other words, what causes depression? What causes depression is when you feel bad about yourself. You feel bad about what's going on in your life. You feel bad about, right? You're, you feel lowly. When you feel good, ah, when I'm doing great, when things are going my way, when I, that makes me feel really great. 
So seemingly, anava, which is this humility, which is this lowliness, which makes me feel so, you know, down low, cl- close to the ground, should not be bringing me besimcha. It should be bringing me the opposite of simcha. It seems to be the opposite completely. That this should bring a person to depression. That which is opposite to simcha. In other words, if you ask a person, what's going to make you depressed? Uh, you know, I feel so bad and things are not going my way and I, I look like I'm such a loser and I'm like, you know, like I, you know, I, think, you know, I just can't get anything right. And I feel like I, I messed it up, and I like feel I feel very low. Because where does that come from? A feeling of low self worth. That's where it comes from. And the more a person looks at and sees how low he really is, and what a low life he really is, and he's going to get even more depressed. He's going to feel very bad about himself. So if that's the case, if we know that depression is the opposite of happiness, and we know that, we know that, that what happened, that depression is coming from a feeling of low worth, right? So seemingly, a person should feel, right, that, He's getting lower and lower and lower. And the only way to bring on the simcha is all of a sudden if he turns everything around. If all of a sudden, where is the simcha going to come from? They're going to say, oh, Maisha, you're such a tzaddik. You're so amazing. You're, there's a, you're incredible. You did the best things. You're so wonderful. On and on and on. Oh, that makes me feel so good. But when they say, Maisha, you're such a loser. Why are you acting this way? Why are you being like this? You're, you're, it's ridiculous. You're behaving in such a ridiculous way. It's, it's like terrible. Right? So that brings on the depression. <laughs> so he says now, when he really understands his loneliness, he's going to make himself even more depressed. So seemingly, where does the happiness come from? A feeling of self-importance. Namely, that he sees that everything he does is so zach. Zach means pure. V'yashar, straight. In other words, he looks at his, his, all his ways and he sees that everything he's doing is just perfect. He's just a great guy. Everything goes for him. He's just doing all the right things. So really then, what we should be saying here is what? Where does Simcha come from? Simcha comes from self-elevation. A feeling of self-importance. A feeling that I'm better than someone else. That's where Simcha should be coming from. Because now I feel like, you know, things are going my way. Right? I have, like, uh, you know, I was able to accomplish this and I did this. And people thought that I was so great over here. And people, like, laud me over there. And everything, oh, wow, look at, look at how wonderful it. That's where Simcha should come from. Which is Hefecha Nava Shua Shiflus. Which is the opposite of a humility, which is the idea of shiftless. Shiftless means a lowliness. Shuffle ruach. Someone who's low in spirit. So the question comes out, how could we possibly say that simcha and anava are one thing? 
Everyone's got the question? It's clear? Okay, so the, the problem with our assumption here is our definition of the word anava. And that's what we have to change. That's what we have to be more specific about and we have to work on and we have to see that that's really the confusion in this picture. That anava does not mean, like we're saying, a, like a low life. When I think of a low life, I think of someone that's like uh, doing all the wrong things, just messing up left, right, and center. That's not anava. That's not anava. The explanation of another is not that he feels lowly in terms of his comparison to something else. Namely, that he realizes in himself that he's going in the bad pathway, that he's going in the wrong way, that he's doing bad things. That is not the definition of another. That, that is true. It will cause depression. If I know that I'm constantly doing the wrong thing and I'm constantly going the wrong way and I'm making very bad decisions and I am just following you know, on a pathway that is a pathway to destruction, yes, that will cause atzvus. That, but that's not the definition of anava. That's not the definition of humility. Namely what? That he and it's an interesting phraseology that he uses here. It's a lack. Heder means like a lack. Something is missing of a feeling of the self. I want to just point out put number seven here. It, says, it does a pretty good job of explaining. It says like this: Kolaymar. That's to say, Shahanava enu hashara misuyemis shel haadam legabe midas gad luso for my luso. It's not a particular measurement of a person compared to his, so to speak, his greatness. Hainu shemari chazatmo kebal madrega pachosa. Like he looks at himself as being a lowly type of person. The true definition of anava is that he does not really see and he does not really think about and he does not really give chashivas to his level. Because he's not sunk into, he's not stuck in a feeling of the self. So therefore, he's not constantly measuring himself up against, some, for instance, someone else or something like that, of that nature. In other words, when you brush your teeth in the morning, do you think that you're a tremendous person because you brush your teeth? No, you brush your teeth because you're supposed to brush your teeth and that's it. No big deal. When you eat lunch, it's not like you're thinking to yourself, wow, I'm so terrific, I eat lunch. You know? No, I ate lunch because I ate lunch. That's it. That's the idea. That's the feeling of, I do what I'm supposed to do. Nothing more, nothing less. This is what I was told to do, so this is what I do. That's the idea of a head or hergashis He doesn't feel himself to be anything special in that way. It's not like it's a most amazing thing. Even if he's doing everything right in a way of Torah mitzvahs, he doesn't look at himself as being someone that is extra special because of this. He's doing what he's supposed to do. 
And it's so he didn't really do anything in his eyes. Right? Famous story about Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Moshe Rabbeinu, what does he say in Parashas Yisrael? It's coming up in a few weeks. He says, look, guys. First, go to the first court. And if they don't know what they're talking about, go to the second court. And if they don't know what they're talking about, go to the next court. And if they don't know what they're talking about, go to the next court. And if they don't know what they're talking about, go to the high court. And if they really don't know what they're talking about, so therefore come to me. Is that a humble statement? On first glance, it seems like a very arrogant statement. But what makes it into a humble statement is, it's not, and therefore, drive me around in a limousine. And therefore, put me on a throne. It's sort of like the plumber. The plumber says, look, if you try to fix your pipe and you can't do it, call, give me a call and I'll try to help you with it. Is the plumber acting arrogant because he knows how to fix a pipe? No. This is his job. He knows how to fix a pipe. I don't know how to fix a pipe. So, therefore, he says, if you need my help, call me. That's it. You know, it's like a person that works into, in a factory and he makes buckles. And he's supposed to make 10 buckles an hour. And guess what? He makes 10 buckles an hour. So does he think of himself as being like, wow, I'm an extra special buckle maker? No. It's just, that's what he does. That's what he's supposed to do. That's what he does. And, you know, everything's perfect. Everything's, you know, everything's wonderful. That's it. But it's not like I'm special because I make buckles and I was able to make 10 buckles as opposed to nine buckles. No, I, I followed the instructions. It said, this is how you make a buckle. And it takes you about X amount of time to make a buckle. It takes you six minutes to make every buckle. And in 60 minutes, I make 10 buckles. Okay, that's it, finished. This idea is the Iker. He didn't do anything special. He made buckles. Like with regards to a very famous story about Gili Eliyahu. So if you look at footnote number nine here, it tells the story. It says in Sanhedrin, Ezehu ben Oilam Haba. There was a question, who is uh, people that are worthy of the world to come? So let's look at the Hebrew translation of this Aramaic. So it says like this, He's totally like... Uh, like bent, so to speak, or he just does what he's supposed to do. He goes in, he goes out. He's involved in Torah constantly. And he doesn't look at himself as something extra special. So what happened? It says, They looked, the Chachamim the, the then looked at Rav Ula Bar Abba. Right? And they realized that this is the type of person he is. He goes to, he goes to the base Medrash. He learns his Torah. He goes home. Goes home, goes back the next day, goes to the bed. In other words, it he just does what he's supposed to do. That's it. He doesn't make a big hoo ha. <coughs> he doesn't roll up the you know send up the neon signs. He doesn't jump and dance on, on everyone's head. He doesn't go and say everyone, look at me, look at me. I you know I sat for an hour, I sat for two hours, or I sat for ten hours. He does what he's supposed to do. Back in the back in the pneum. So he says that's the idea. That the Chachamim all looked at Rabbi Abba. That he was constantly involved in learning Torah. And he didn't think of it as being anything particularly special. He did what he was supposed to do. That's it. 
He didn't feel like he was doing anything. And in his eyes, he didn't look. What did I do? I didn't do anything. That's it. That's the idea. No big deal. Don't make a big deal out of yourself. It doesn't mean that the Abishur doesn't love me. It doesn't mean that I'm not a special person, because every person is a special person. But I'm no more special than the guy next to me. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So he says, ma. This is the level of Ma. So Ma is the idea of something that is completely bottle. Right? That's the idea. He says in the footnote over here that in terms of the feeling of Gili Alokus, it's a, it's a mama, she feels the, the level of Yechida. Like it says about Moshe Rabbeinu, Menachnu Ma. Back in the Penim, Bechinas Bittel Ha'atzmiyaz Mekol Bakol. He's totally bottle. He's totally nullified. V'hu'an Nikra Anava Dafka. That's the Taich of Anava. It doesn't mean that he's making Averas, he's going away from Torah Mitzvahs, he's doing stupid things. He doesn't, you know, nothing like that. He does all the right things. But he doesn't look at it as being anything extraordinary. That's the key word here. Because like it says about Moshe, that Moshe was more humble than every single person. Now that phrase, Mikol Adam, is a very interesting phrase. Many Jews don't like that phrase. Why? Because that implies that he was more anav than even non-Jews. And he says, Even from a non-Jew, and even from a non-Jew that's serving idols, he felt himself to be more humble. Wait a minute. Aren't we better than everyone else? No. That's not the way to look at the world. Inappropriate. Moshe Rabbeinu was more humble than every single person alive. The greatest person maybe that ever lived in the history of existence. In the history of existence. You know, maybe you could say Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, whatever. He, you know, but Moshe Rabbeinu, but Pesocha Kol, from this week's parasha, he's in every single parasha with the exception of one. Which one is he not in? Tzavet, right. Of every single parasha in Chumash. I mean, I mean, think about that for a second. The greatest, the book that was most read in the history of existence. And he's in every single parak. Or every single, not parak, but every single parasha for sure. Right? <clears throat> but he felt himself to be more humble than even <clears throat> a guy that's bowing down to a rock. Pretty ridiculous. Because this is the nature of Anava. He looks at himself as being lower than everyone else. Because he does not feel himself to be a yesh, a something, a davar ma. Oh, look at me. I'm so important. I'm so, you know, look at, look, you know, everyone pay attention to me. The Kamosha Amrazal, like the rabbis teach us in the Gemara Sarita, the person who makes himself as though he isn't. 
right? It says the, the, the full statement over there is that that the words of Taira do not last except for his own someone that doesn't that makes himself as though he isn't. In Cain, if that's the case, so everyone else is greater than me. Namely, all the creations of the entire world. Right? Seems to be a this seems to be a methodology for depression. Where does the simcha fit into this whole thing? Right, go and tell someone, go to a psychologist, right, or a psychiatrist, or to a social worker, or whatever, and who is uh, dealing with a person who is dealing with depression. Tell them, look, I want you to know the trick for how to conquer depression. I want you to feel like you're the lowest being in the whole planet, even lower than the little, uh, you know, ants that are walking outside. I don't know how long he'll stay in practice, right? But the point is what? This is what he's saying here. So we have to understand this. And therefore, for this reason, even if he does something incredible, like go up on Har Sinai and receive the tablets, receive the whole Torah, he's still not going to feel himself to be anything different or anything more special or anything, uh, give me a limousine energy than anyone else. The dialogue, and it's understood to those that understand this. Now, we have to explain this, obviously. This is uh, totally not uh, you know, what we were expecting, right? And that's the next paragraph. Unfortunately, we're, we're out of time for today, but I want you to get the first paragraph down perfectly. So, but this is, this is the ikr. This is what we're saying here. This is the point, right? That, that the etzim nekuda of this story is that we have to get to such a place of anava. And like he explains in Tanya, uh, right in Perak Lamed, right? Like the Alter Rebbe says over there, to be shuffle ruach bifnei kol adam. Right? That's uh, from Pirkei Avos. And what does he mean? He means when you look at someone else, you have to see, right? Them as being greater than me. That's how you have to look at the world. Right? Ah, he says, what do you mean? I'm a Talmud Chacham and this guy is, you know, doing all the Averas and whatever. Like, how could you look at it from that way? Maybe it means not that. He says, no, it means that. And you start to go into it over there in the chapter of Tanya. He starts to explain about how, uh, look at you know what you know what he is doing, what you are doing, right? What do you expect from him? What kind of education did he have? Look where he's working all day. You're sitting in yeshiva all day. Look at him. He's sitting in the mall the whole day. What do you want from his life? And then you look at him, and fine, he's not doing so well in Sur Meirah and going away from evil. But how good are you doing in Asay Taif? When was the last time you benched and had kavana from the beginning to the end? How about from the beginning of the first bracha to the end of the first bracha? How about that? Forget about the beginning to the end. How about davening? How about learning? How about this? How about that? And all of a sudden, the Altarev puts us in our place. And he shows that this point is, is absolutely quintessential. This idea of feeling oneself to be lower than someone else. Now, I'm sort of leaving you on, a, on the side of a cliff here because you know I don't want you to go away and feel, okay, now I have to feel myself as low, being lower than someone else, and then it causes depression. You have to get to the next parts of the mimer. So, so you know, be careful with this. But that is the beginning of the prescription to true happiness. Okay, that's how you get there. We have to understand how to put it all together. Again, being an anav, being shafal ruach, bifnekol adam, does not mean that I'm doing bad things. But it does mean that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay? 
And when the person will get there, now we have to go into the next paragraph from Yitzhak tomorrow's class, and we'll see how we develop this idea. Okay? Seder? Okay, please, please, please. This is a mimer that for sure everyone needs to be doing a lot of chazara because this is a life, I'm telling you, this is a life-changing mimer. I mean, every mimer is quote-unquote life-changing, but there are certain ones that are stand out and jump up and down and say, if you don't change your life after you read this mimer, there's something wrong with this equation, right? So please go over it the four times now. This is the first paragraph, so you can go over it many more than four times. Go over it ten times. Read through it. Read through it. Read through it. It should be basically Balpeh by tomorrow morning. Okay? But focus on this. Okay? That's Lacharaba, boys.